Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time since 9-11 the tunnel to towers foundation has been committed to improving the lives of america's veterans first responders and their families for over 20 years the foundation has helped america keep its solemn promise to never forget tunnel to towers provides mortgage-free homes to gold star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children builds specifically adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness david marshall served in the army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry 
with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I am, and I'm not even joking about this, I am potentially going to save millions of lives today. Millions of lives. American lives. And one of the most patriotic things I've seen in quite a while. We have some anti-terrorism coming up. It's, it's going to be a great day. But first, the hand-chopping thing. Let's go to Africa. 1960. And here's the situation on the ground. Now, let me clarify. This thing is going to take place in Congo or the Congo. And anytime you refer to a country like Ukraine or call it the Ukraine, there's always somebody with 9 million college degrees who will tell you it's not the Ukraine. It's just Ukraine. I'm almost positive it's just the Republic of Congo or Congo, but I've always said the Congo, and I'm saying that today because it's my show. (laughs) But there's a crisis going on in 1960 in the Congo. (laughs) Eat it. Belgium was in charge of the Congo. The old colonial power thing. Not going to go deep into the weeds on it. Way too much good stuff and news to get to today. But remember, Europe wanted to get to India and and areas over there for all the spices. So they had to ship their way around Africa because this is pre-planes. And as they did that, they started to get to know the place. Started to establish towns. Started to sniff around in there. I mean, there's nothing here but native tribes. I bet we could take them. Are, you, guys, you guys have resources? Anyone seeing gold? You got any gold around here? And Europe slowly and surely moved into Africa and colonized the place. And the different countries divided up different places. France, England, Belgium, the Netherlands. It is weird that Belgium got in on that, right? You would never even think that Belgium got in on that, but they did. And they nestled into the Congo. And again, this is 1960, and they're just now separating themselves from it. This era of the colonial powers, it just passed us. I I mean, in many ways, I guess you could say it didn't pass us yet because there are still some out there. And they like the Congo a lot. But remember, I'm actually not anti-colonization. I am not. I understand you have to be against that if you're educated in, in, in government schools in America. They'll teach you that America is evil and France is evil and any, anybody white is evil. And they've, all, they, they've done their time oppressing all the saintly minorities. I, I, I don't do that. That's, that's a bunch of crap. Technological powers, advanced societies, 
dominate less advanced societies, period. Has nothing to do with skin color. That's the history of the world. And some colonization was very, very good. Very good. Helped those countries advance. Sometimes they didn't even really keep their thumb on them. It was just, hey, we'll get you some good roads, running water. Yeah, we'll take some of your resources, get to educate you. I mean, it's, it's completely a complete lie that it was all bad. However, some of it was bad. Unquestionably. Some of it was really bad. You have to make your own decisions when you're in charge of somebody who's relatively powerless. You have to make your own decisions how you're going to operate, how you're going to treat them. It is the truest test of your character how you treat people you don't have to treat well. There are businesses out there to this day If they're considering hiring somebody for an important position, they will take you out to dinner so they can observe how you treat the wait staff, which I love. Tells you all you need to know about somebody. Oh, man, he's funny. He's charming. It's sweet. Hey, waiter, get over here, jerk. Don't let this be cold again, idiot. Tells you all you need to know. Belgium, and specifically King Leopold II of Belgium, not a good person. And you know I don't do that evil white European history thing, but Leopold II, not a good person. They treated the Congolese people like absolute crap. Crap. Did not even allow much advancement for the natives. The army, entirely won by Belgians, run by Belgians. The entire government, and this is going to become a problem here in a minute, run by Belgians. Only Belgians were educated. And try to make this as PG-13 as I possibly can for the radio. He had a military force there that was also the police force there. And they didn't allow any dissent. In fact, remember that whole hand-cutting-off thing? They made sure their military was on quite a budget. If you fired your weapon, they would count your, your ammunition at the beginning and ending of every day. And if you fired your weapon, you weren't in trouble. But they wanted to make sure you did some good with it. So you had to bring back a hand every time you fired your weapon, proving you had killed somebody. Well, bad things happen when men have that kind of, that kind of power over other men. And don't think this is isolated to Belgian people, Congolese people, Americans, Chinese, Japan, Germans. This is human nature. This is human nature. What is that? The Stanford prison experiment? Is that what that was? I believe that's what that was called. They did an experiment on this where they just took some average college kids and put some in charge to play prison guards and took the other kids just like them and made them be prisoners. 
And it was like half a day, and the prison guards were <laughs> essentially committing war crimes in a college study. It is an unhealthy thing to have power like that over another human being. And, yeah, they're running around chopping people's hands off without killing them just so they can come back and show off. It is a bad, bad situation. Very bad. They are pillaging the Congo for resources. And Congo had some absurdly good natural resources, including one that's going to really come into play in our story here. And if you're paying attention, I'll get to it in a little bit. You can see why this would matter, especially at this time. Uranium. Maybe you've heard of it. They have lots of it. We're mining it there too. This is a place the world's powers are very, very, very interested in. Well, it is still the 60s or the late 50s in Belgium. You can't get away with war crimes like this and oppression like this for for long in that day and age. It's just it's pictures and phone calls. It's too easy. So Belgium decides, okay. I just called the country Belgian, Chris. It's Be- it's confusing. The country's Belgium, but the people are Belgians. The army's Belgian. I'm going to screw that up again. I went to community college. I don't care. But they decide, okay, we're done. We're going to get out. Y'all can have your Congo country. Just do your thing. Well, that didn't go very well either. All right. We have a doomsday plane today. Hang on. It's the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. I am going to save millions of lives today going to be incredible yes it's me sombrero jesse what chris no you're right we have to wait until cinco de mayo for that but we are absolutely doing it and i'm gonna get a sombrero and we'll throw a picture of it up online and everybody get mad it'll be hysterical (laughs) all right 
Back to Belgium. Belgium decides they're getting out of out of the Congo. We're, we're, we're out of this Congo business. We're done. Only they just do it in the worst way humanly possible. Remember when I said they ran the government? Like 10,000 Belgians ran the government and nobody from the Congo? Belgium just packed them all up and left. So now you have... I believe there were 10 people, I'm not making this up, 10 people in the entire nation, 10 Congolese people who had a college education, not that I had to take any priority in a college education, but 10 people in the whole country, Belgian, they don't educate anybody, they pack up and leave, and it is absolute anarchy. Nobody there knows what they're doing, No, nobody can handle anything. The army itself was run by all Belgians, all white Belgians. And the one guy in charge of the army flat out says, actually, no, nothing's changing. I don't care if Belgian left. I'm staying in charge. <laughs> I'm not leaving. And then they take over. They, they oust him. And now the Congolese people take over. And they, in turn, choose to start getting their revenge on the Belgian people who they hate who still live in the Congo. So the war crimes thing goes to the other hand, and they start hunting down white Belgians and slaughtering them. It is an international crisis. The entire world is worried. The white people who are there, who didn't get a chance to escape, they flee to a province of the Congo called Katanga. I'm I'm probably saying that wrong. Called Katanga. Maybe you can call it a state might be an easier way to describe it, but it's a, it's a part of the Congo, but its own, its own area. They flee to Katanga, and Katanga says, steps up and says, hey, uh, we're going to break away. We're not part of Congo anymore. We're, we're, we are done with this, and there's all this wealthy mining stuff going on in Katanga as well. There's something else. Remember that uranium? Yeah, this is where it is. The bomb that leveled Hiroshima? All the uranium in that bomb came from this place. So not only was Belgium interested in this, the United States of America is interested in this. But we are passively interested as of this point in the story. All right, we're, we're keeping an eye on things. Undoubtedly, we had some spooks there keeping an eye on things, some CIA guys. But we're not we're not doing anything yet. But the world is watching, and it's getting really, really, really bad. A new guy of the Congo named Lamumbo he takes over. He's a Congolese guy, and he is extremely angry that Katanga is trying to break away from the Congo. He says, "No, that's not going to happen," and he's an evil dictator too. So he wants help. He wants help bringing Katanga back in. And this idiot calls the one entity he should not have called to keep himself from getting killed. The United States of America is interested in this uranium, as is the rest of the world. It's 1960. Who shouldn't Lumumbo call? The freaking Soviets. He calls the Soviets and invites them down to help him get a handle on things. We freak out. 
we assassinate Lumumbo, <laughs> and a new guy steps in. Well, now, now the world is all, oh, whoa, whoa, what is happening here? Time to step in. And we shouldn't gloss over the fact we've done we've done Cold War stuff before. Let's let's pause here for a moment. The Cold War. People my age who haven't read about it, looked into looked into it at all, do not understand the real fear, especially at this time. The Soviet Union post World War II was so aggressive. They got nuclear weapons. And to be fair, to be fair, while obviously I'm a bit of an American homer, if you talk to people who lived at that time in the Soviet Union, they will scream till they're blue in the face, you were the one being aggressive. You had nuclear weapons, so of course we got nuclear weapons. We were scared to death. And they knew, the people high up in the Soviet Union, they knew they could not come close to matching us militarily, economically, they had, like, we, we view Russia to this day. I do, too. We view Russia as this big, angry grizzly bear. They will tell you and have several times, we're big and angry. You're the one with all the money and resources. We're the little brother here. So it, 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 is, it is funny when you, when you hear their perspective on it. They were always, we're trying to keep up with you. But the Cold War was there was so much fear out there about specifically communism and the commies getting nuclear weapons and using nuclear weapons. When I say we stepped in and killed Lumumbo, we did. Oh, we did. We Eisenhower straight up or, or uh, ordered his assassination that the CIA he's he's gone. But this was not at all abnormal for the time. There was that much fear out there. Imagine the fear we would have to have the American president basically openly assassinating a world leader right now. Yeah, uh, if you call the Soviets, we're going we're gonna to murder you. That's the kind of fear we're talking about, real fear. Well, the Mumbo's gone, new leader steps up, and he's our guy, but he wants something. He wants the United Nations to step in. The UN is still relatively new at this point, trying to figure out exactly what their job is. And to this day, they struggle with that. What's the one thing you always hear? What do you hear UN troops called all the time? Peacekeepers. We have UN peacekeepers coming in. We need UN peacekeepers. UN peacekeepers. These are peacekeepers. It's an odd organization and one that I frankly despise, but it's an odd organization in that its job is not combat. Its job is to keep the peace, except that goes against my entire world philosophy to this day. Peace is only found once the enemy is defeated. Other than that, you're not keeping the peace. You're stuffing hurt feelings down inside so they can just explode again later. You want to you wanna have peace? Mongolian Empire was pretty peaceful after Genghis Khan killed all his enemies. <laughs> so, you, know, you don't like to talk about that, but it's the truth. That's the truth. The UN is being asked, come in here, step in, 
Let's make sure these war crimes in the Congo stop while also making sure Katanga comes back into the Congo. You see, they're trying to keep the peace by making sure Congo stays peaceful, making sure Congo stays together. That's their job. The head of the Congo only wants one of those two things to happen. He only wants Katanga to come back. He doesn't want them stepping in and stepping on his toes. No, no, no. You go make them come back to my country. And Congo did not have enough of an economy, obviously, to be losing a valuable part of it. Which brings us to the Irish. All right. One of the most patriotic things I've seen in quite a while. Hang on. Natural medicines, holistic healing approaches, these things are known to help alleviate, well, the things that plague us all. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest, I'm not getting any younger and neither are you. I wake up and sometimes my knee hurts. I didn't bang it. I have no explanation for why my knee hurts, but it hurts. Just part of getting older. Well, I choose CBD. CBD is something that I've chosen for a while, and I highly, highly recommend you do the same. But what what CBD do you choose? I mean, there's a new company on every corner now. What CBD? I don't know. I can't research the industry. Doctors Trusted CBD can and did. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. You'll be amazed at all the products they have. While you're there, use the promo code JESSE. Gets you 5% off. Jesse Kelly. This is a direct quote. Diversity and inclusion requires action. It requires decisions and it requires leaders that must put themselves out there and make purposeful decisions. Diversity strengthens. Do you know where I got that quote? I didn't get that quote from some liberal university. I didn't get that quote from some Democrat candidate for office, some idiot college student out there somewhere, some hippie on the corner. I didn't get that quote from a Hollywood actress, from a musician. I got that quote from General Richard Clark, the commander of U.S. Special Operations Command. We are going to talk about that later on in the show, but we are in very serious trouble in this country, and I am going to tell you why, and I'm going to try to save millions of lives while I do it. Very serious trouble. All right. 
back to the Congo. UN decides they're going to send some people in. 150, is actually 156 Irish dudes roll in. Now, let's be clear about the Irish and the Irish dudes. With all due respect to my former countrymen, they are a neutral power. Ireland is famously, historically, a neutral country. All they want to do is keep to themselves, drink beer, and kill English people. That's all they want to do. They stay out of wars. They have tried to stay out of all of them. These guys they call in, they are mostly 17, 18-year-old kids. They have decent weapons, but they don't even have helmets. Their helmets are made of plastic. They're, they're essentially, they're, yeah, Chris, they're like show helmets. They bring them in, and they bring them in and set, send them to Katanga, the place where all the white people had fleed, as, as a, quote, peacekeeping force there. Well... The powers that be decided they didn't want peace. They wanted Katanga to break off. Remember, the UN's there to keep the peace, make sure Katanga comes back into the fold. Belgium, Belgium's still a little bit salty about the whole losing the Congo thing. They see an opportunity here to simply, well, fine, have your Congo. We'll take Katanga. We'll take the wealthy mines. So Belgium's not at all happy about these troops, these Irish troops that rolled in here. And the commander of the Irish troops, he is a guy that is credited with saving many, many, many lives. They're in a place in Katanga called Jadaville. I'm going to screw that up if I even attempt to say it one more time, like I'm sure I screwed it up that time. Jadotville. J-A-D-O-T. V-I-L-L-E, Jadotville. But it is, it's, it's, it's Belgian-French, as Jadotville. I heard somebody try to, I, I, look, I went to community college. I can't say it that way. So I'm calling it Jadotville. They set up there, these 156 guys. This commander gets in, settles in, looks around at his position, and says, oh, we have a lot of work to do here. He grabs some high ground, and his men start digging in. His men don't even understand why they're digging in. They're saying, well, what are we, what are, why are we digging in? This is a, we're not at war. We're a UN peacekeeping group. We're not doing anything. Nevertheless, he insists, no, no, no. We are digging in a defensive position here. And it's a dang good thing he did because those salty Belgians and others, well, they decided to hire a mercenary force that included things like French foreign legionnaires, over 3,000 of them, hardened, experienced combat troops to come in here, get these Irish out of the way so they can seize complete control of Katanga. They are surrounded. They are offered the ability to surrender. They decline. Remember what we have. No body armor. No helmets. Inexperienced Irish troops, 156 of them, surrounded by 3,000 salty mercenaries who have killed people before many, many, many times. And the mercenaries start coming. 
they start sending waves at the Irish, and the Irish start mowing them down. The Irish have one machine gun, and it's from World War I. I'm not making that up. It's mounted on a truck, and it's from World War I, and they're carving through these mercenaries like a blowtorch through butter. Their commander, widely credited by his men later on, was saving tons and tons of lives, was apparently... Some people... Some people, I swear, God made them specifically for combat. Especially some of these commanders. I've seen guys like this before in combat, and uh, different people react different ways to to situations like this. But I have seen people where the worse it gets, the calmer they seem. Uh, One guy I knew. He was, I mean, he was widely known to be bad-tempered. He, w- he would stub his toe and he would throw something across the room. If, if his pack wasn't cinching down right, he would lose his mind. But if you start shooting bullets at him, calm as can be. Absolutely calm. Almost like he was home. Almost like he was made for it. This Irish commander was made for this. Apparently, of course, smoked a pipe, which is awesome. I'm going to start smoking a pipe, Chris. I'm at least going to walk around with one. I want one of the corn cob ones. Yes, Yeah. well, no. Should I actually smoke it? I probably should, right? It's I, We can't just do it for image. Sombrero Jesse can't just have a pipe. What? Can't just have a pipe for image. But the guy's calm. The guy's directing fire. They're chopping these guys up. But there's only one route into their dug-in position. It's across the bridge. And it gets cut off. So these guys are running out of ammunition. And more importantly, remember, this is the Congo. They're running out of water. So they need help. And they need help badly. The UN finally, and the UN is famously, obviously, mismanaged. It's not as if it was different back then than it is now. Corrupt, mismanaged, it's garbage. Absolute garbage. But the UN decides, whoa, we have to send troops. We have to come relieve these guys. We have to come bring these guys some resupply. They gather up 500 dudes and they ship them down there. The 500 dudes on the way. Woohoo! Help is coming. In the meantime, the French foreign legionnaires, the mercenaries, they have a bunch of, of native tribesmen with them. The tribesmen are so discombobulated by the amount of carnage the Irish are raining down on them, they're bailing. It is, it is a famous story. You can see the, the mercenaries shooting the tribesmen in the back because they're just chucking down their weapons and running the other way like, screw this, I'm gone. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you how this story ends. We are going to get to Chris... I know I was going to wait later on. I really want to talk about the doomsday plane. Gosh, I want a doomsday plane so bad. I want a bunker, and I want a doomsday plane. Did you see that bunker place? Some guy built some huge complex in Kansas. Oh, and I have to tell my U-Haul story today. You're right. All right, I'll get to that. Hang on.
Did I mention the mercenaries have a jet? The mercenaries have a fighter jet. Now, it's not an extremely advanced fighter jet, but it's certainly more than the Irish have. They have no air power. I didn't even tell you earlier, they have one radio. One. The guy who saw the initial attack coming had to tell everybody by shooting a rifle in the air. Like it's the Old West. (laughs) And these guys just absolutely fight like lions. Now, the commander of the mercenaries and the commander of the Irish, they did have, I don't want to call it a relationship, but they were definitely fighting under the Western rules. This was not a Mongolian army. The commander of the mercenaries had actually had drinks with the Irish leader before this whole thing kicked off in a bar down there. But he keeps meeting with him. And he keeps telling him, dude, just surrender. What are you doing? You can't, you can't win. What do you do? Just surrender. We're not, not going to abuse you or something. You'll be, everyone will be fine. Just surrender. And the Irish guys keeps going, no, I don't think I will. Absolutely not. And he's mowing these guys down. I love this story. It's such a great story. The tribesmen are bailing. Remember that relief group of 500 UN guys? The, the jet starts strafing them. They turn around and go home. Now the Irish are abandoned here with no reinforcements coming at all. Chris, I'm, I'm dying to play this Joe Biden audio we just talked about. I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it yet. No, no, I'm almost done here, and then we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Now there's no reinforcements coming at all, but these Irish are dying of thirst. Finally, Sweden decides they're going to helo in some water for the Irish who were surrounded, they're cut off, and they're dying of thirst. Tell me this doesn't have to be the most disheartening thing in the history of mankind. Sweden drops them the water cans. And it turns out the water cans they used that they had filled up with water had previously been fuel cans And they didn't even clean them out first. If the water was consumed, it would have been fatal. They have to, they, they are devastated. They finally do surrender. This was the moment they held out for five days. Didn't lose a man. Had some men wounded. They had reportedly killed over 3,000 of the enemy because the enemy kept getting reinforcements and they kept mowing them down. They did surrender. They were treated very, very well. They ended up uh, being in captivity for about a month, but it was one of those three meals in a shower every day thing. They weren't thrown in some jungle rot floor. It just That's not what happened, but they did surrender. Sadly, though, During their lifetime, because the U.N. was so embarrassed by this entire affair, they were not celebrated. They were shunned both by the U.N. and back home. I'm told they made a good movie about it on Netflix, if you still have Netflix, called The Siege of Jadotville or Siege of Jadotville. Chris, what? I can talk. I can blossom French. But that is the story of Jadotville.
it's the end that gets me, though. This siege, these men, that kind of bravery, it has always gotten to me when people put in the work, when people hang themselves out there, and they are screwed over by the men who lead them, by the men who sent them there. It will never stop bothering me. Whatever the case, whatever the nation, it will never stop bothering I am, I'm not going to stay on this because it's not even on a major topic today, but I think a lot about places like Afghanistan, places like Iraq, and I think about the Afghanistan papers that came out. Credit, I can't believe I'm saying this, credit to Washington Post when they come out. I haven't even mentioned this in six months or so. We had papers come out showing that from the early stages We had no idea what we were doing, who we were fighting, or what the mission was. And we have had how many people dead and maimed over there? I know it's not a major topic today. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to move on to something else here. But I just want to say, that is unjust. And men unjustly dying in war... I realize that's not some brand new concept. That's the history of the world. That's why we talk about history all the time. But that is such a criminal failure of leadership. And we're about to move on and talk about the presidency and generals and what's happening out there right now in our military. And I'm telling you, It is time for you and I to adjust our thinking when it comes to something, and it's going to hurt to hear, but it's time. I'll tell you what it is. Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. There are certain professions out there 
where you hear the title and you automatically, in your mind, I do this too, you assign a level of respect because of the profession itself. Often it's warranted. Often it's not warranted. But if I tell you somebody's a fireman, you assign a level of respect immediately. I tell you somebody's a teacher. In most of society, people admire that. They like that. Doctor. Doctor's a big one. Wow, he's a doctor. There's a level of respect assigned to that. And maybe the biggest one out there that we might have to start rethinking. Hang on, I'll tell you what that is. Jesse Kelly Show. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually my drink was give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam! I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. 
born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the foundation's homeless veteran program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans because all veterans who served honorably, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. Org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time